This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, Gordon. Larry, how are we feeling tonight? Oh, I feel really good, but I'm torn. Okay. I feel really good, but I'm torn. I'm torn. Gordon, look, I have said, I think I've been pretty consistent in that I have said that while a lot of people are rushing to get Jacob DeGrom back, yeah. I'm not rushing to get Jacob DeGrom back. No. I'm very encouraged of what I've heard and seen. We'll hear from him in a couple of minutes about his outing, his four innings. I'm very happy about that, clearly. And then you hear, well, it could be there 10 days away. Okay. If, if he's ready to go and everything is okay and he can hit the mound in 10 days, that's good. But, Gordon, I'm just saying I'm not in a rush to get him back. I I want them to make sure, and you understand this because you've got a guy now that's on the IL in Severino with a similar similar type injury where this guy wouldn't go on the IL last year. <laughs> okay? So I, I just want him to – I just want to make sure that everything is okay before he gets back. I want him ready starting September, not necessarily the end of July. You know, I, I understand what you're saying. But I can understand why the team, not that they're going to rush him because you're never going to rush him with the amount of time that he's missed and, and the situation you find yourself in. You, you, you're the best team in your division. You haven't had him all year. You don't need to rush him back. But there is an interesting aspect of it that the trade deadline is August 2nd. And I, do th- I can understand why the team, if they feel like he's ready, why they're not going to push it off any further than that because I think they'd like to get at least a look at him before then which it seems like if as long as everything goes as it's going right now, it looks like you're going to get a chance to see him before August 2nd. Mm-hmm. I understand that, and that's them doing their due diligence. Yeah. My issue is just because he may look good, we've seen, doesn't mean he's going to be there in September. No. <laughs> no, but I, but, I mean, is there any way really to know no. at some point, right? Like nope. at some point you, it's like you get all the information, everything lines up right. He looks good. He passes the smell test. The doctors are happy. And then you got to kind of, it's almost like a kid. You got to let him out into the world and hope for the best. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, I think that that's kind of where they're at right now. I mean, he has missed a lot of time. His minor league starts that he's made so far, he's been brilliant. I mean, he has picked up right where he left off in terms of dominance. I know it's a lower level, but still in terms mm-hmm. of dominance, it is, it has uh, certainly been that. So you're getting closer here. You're moving closer. It seems like in the next couple of weeks, we might actually get to see Jacob DeGrom on a mound. And, and I'm sure that the Mets know in the back of their mind that if there's anything, it's almost like, um, like a NASA launch, right? Like if there's anything that is, is, going, that is going sideways, they're going to scrap this and they're not going to push him because they know how important he is. And, and if anything goes wrong, we realize – you're a very good chance you're not going to have him all year, right? Like if he comes back yeah. and he goes out for a couple of starts and then start number three in the third inning like uh, Severino last night, all of a sudden he feels something that he didn't feel before, you probably could say goodbye to Jacob DeGrom for the rest of the year. Yeah, and that worries me, Gordon. Yeah, no, I understand. I that understand. I, I get where you're coming from, but it's almost like I think at some point you're just going to have to trust that everybody is right in terms of what they think is going on, and he looks the part. Mm-hmm. And then you're just going to have to put him out there and hold your breath. Yeah, and that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Even after that first start. 
even after that first star, I'll be holding my breath until the following day to find out how he feels the day after, Gordon. I'm just saying, that's that, that, that's the way it's been. Let's hear from Jacob DeGrom. Uh, he was asked, obviously, you know, about um, his physical health after his innings tonight. Hi, Jacob. How you feeling? Feel good. Um, felt a little out of whack the first couple innings, but then, you know, tried to make a little bit of an adjustment and I wasn't locating my fastball quite like I wanted to early on, but then, you know, the uh, last couple innings felt a lot better. All right, so, Jacob, how was the rehab process the second time around? Um, you know, this one, we it was pretty um, thorough of reaching these different thresholds of throwing before I even stepped on the mound. Um, you know, everything was on a radar gun as far as, like, each day was, hey, you're going to throw this hard, no harder than that. So it was very thorough and, you know, step by step. So, um, you know, I had to really kind of trust the process and try not to do too much because, like I said, if I did it again, then I was out for the rest of this year. Can I be honest, Gordon? It sounds like they did a better job with him this time than at any time last year. Just from hearing him saying I had to trust the process, I knew what the deal was, it just seemed like he went he, – he understood that there was um, – he he had to follow a certain protocol. Otherwise, he wasn't going to be allowed to return to the mound. Well, that would kind of make you feel – it kind of lines up what we already think, right? Like the people mm-hmm. running the show now, they have far more credibility than the people. You know, nothing against them before, but you have people that have done the job before and they've kind of been – it's not their first rodeo. So, yeah. yeah, his statement there does not really surprise me when you think about, you know, what was what was going on before, you know, with last year and then what's going on this year. Yeah, it's like he has a say clearly because it's his body, but he wasn't running things. He was running things last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wasn't running things this year. Speaking of pitchers with injuries, Aaron Boone was on the Michael K show today with Peter and Don, and he was asked about his level of concern for Luis Severino. And as we know, Gordon, he's been put on the 15-day IL. Now, before we hear from Boone, when you've – Last night we were concerned, right? We were wondering how long was this going to be, you know. 15-day IL, I think it kind of puts your mind at ease a little bit because at least they're saying they're being aggressive. Okay, look, let's put them on the IL now. Let's not wait. Let's not let them sit there and do nothing. Let's put them on the IL right now and let's see what's going on there. So this way, if we have a chance to bring him back, Gordon, you got a chance to bring him back. He can rest for a couple of weeks. One week is All-Star week. Okay, so yep. he's he's missing maybe – he would miss normally maybe two or three starts. He's really probably only going to miss one start because of the all-star break. And then you kind of get an idea of what's going on. And then much like in the DeGrom situation, when he comes back, you kind of have an idea of what's going on with him. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if you see him even after the, the 15 days is up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would, uh, you know, given with where the Yankees are at, assuming that this is, you know, I know they're not playing great here against Cincinnati and they might lose, end up and end up losing two or three. Uh, but assuming that the lead stays relatively where the lead is, given everything else that's going on and you don't need to bring him back anytime soon and, and just given his injury history, I'd not be surprised if we're talking about late August before you actually see him again. Like, th- yeah. there's no reason to rush him. And anytime he has anything, he's almost like a kid with like an immune problem. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as he gets the sniffles, you gotta you gotta attack that aggressively because of how well. I mean, how much how many injuries he's had in the past, and just how important he is to your team this year. 
Yeah. And and they're going to go out and look for an arm anyway. Yes. <laughs> they're yep. not going to wait to find it. They're going to go out and look for an arm. Maybe two. Because, you know, once again, we it's, it's been well chronicled. Tyon has been not the same. Cortez has been not the same. Now Severino's on the IL. And as you mentioned, you probably won't see him, I would think, till maybe September. Uh, you know, because he, he's going to have a couple of rehab starts, obviously. So, yeah, you got to – you got to look for an arm. So they, they desperately know that they have to get an arm, um, not only for the starters, but Gordon, maybe another bullpen arm, depending on how Lewisica responds. Cashman loves collecting bullpen arms. He does. And they've done a very good job collecting them. Now, I don't really think they need one uh, because the amount, I mean, the amount of guys that they can pull, I mean, this kid, J.P. Sears, they bring, you know what I mean? Like they, they have all the Clark Schmidt they bring up and he yeah. throws well. So it seems like they have a lot of guys down there that they could go to. And But if there's a guy that's available that the Yankees spot something, maybe not to the extreme that they saw with Clay Holmes, hey, if we, if we bring him and, and he can throw that sinker more often, he can obviously be a more effective pitcher than he's been so far. If they find some undervalued resource, it would not surprise me at all that the Yankees add to a strength by and bring on a guy that you might not say, hey, wow, that guy's awesome. Wow, how'd the Yankees – no, it might be the type of guy where the Yankees get him and you're like, really, that's who they got? And you almost forget that they got him. You know, mm-hmm. that, that sometimes is the way it is with when they get relievers. So Cashman like loves Holmes. relievers. Yeah, like Clay Holmes, exactly, perfect example. And, and, that, and that turned out pretty well. Turned out great. Yeah. <laughs> well, out maybe great. not the last couple of nights, but uh, uh, you know, we'll but, see. Listen, he survived last night. He survived mm-hmm. last night. Aaron Boone, what's your concern about Luis Severino? I wouldn't say overly concerned based on just, I mean, until I have the doc and sitting there with the MRI and talking to Seve, you know, I want to see how that plays off, but I, I don't think it's anything too severe. Um, so, but, but we'll see. We'll have a better idea tonight. All right. So, you know, once again, he's on the IL and I, Gordon, that's the best thing for him. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, when that happened last night, I assumed that that was going to be the case. Uh, it seems like everybody's saying good things right now until I, uh, you know, much like with DeGrom, until I see him back on the mound looking like Luis Severino with the with the, the, the velocity in the in the mid 90s. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to kind of hold my breath and, and hope that, that that day comes soon. There's no doubt about that. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, we'll continue our chat about baseball. We'll bring you up to date. Boy, I tell you, Gordon, the Yankees are making this very exciting. <laughs> you know what? And, you know, I had some free time today, Larry. Oh, did you? Yeah, I got How a little tease for you. I had a little free time. People were out of house. So wow. I said, you know, let me dive into the computer. I dove into some Yankee numbers for this team this year. Mm-hmm. And I think I found something that is going to surprise a lot of Yankee fans. Really? Yeah. So I'll give you that when we come back. That's a heck of a tease, young man. Yeah, that's what I'm about, you know? Yeah, you do a good job. All right, Gordon, what did you uh, peruse while you were checking on Well, I did a deep dive into the Yankee uh, roster. Okay. Uh, and I really took a look at all the numbers, not just the, 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 the old stats, right, RBIs and home runs, but the new right. age stats, WOBA, war, all these different things. And what I came up with is going to surprise a lot of Yankee fans, but it's this. Okay. Joey Gallo stinks. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Joey Gallo. I was actually thinking, like, Joey Gallo might be – now, I've been watching the Yankees for 40 years, roughly. Maybe 41. 81 was, like, the first real memory I have of a season. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever watched a guy – who gets more at-bats, be worse. 
Like some guys can't, you know, like some guys were rookies. Like Hensley Mullins came up and was terrible. Bam Bam. Bam Bam Mullins was terrible. Or there's been guys along the way who uh, weren't supposed to be hitters. They had a catcher by the name of Joel Skinner who was terrible. Mm. Uh, Alvaro Espinosa at one time. Oscar Azokar. Bob Guerin. They had a third baseman, Mike Blowers, who was terrible. I don't think, but I don't think that I've watched a guy get more at bats be this bad. And certainly from like expectation level, there's ne- some guys come here and they struggle. Giambi struggled for a long time. There's been a bunch of guys who came here and struggled. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Jacoby Ellsbury got a big contract, came here and was was terrible. Nobody's been as bad as Gallo has been for as long as Gallo has been bad. So here's a perfect segue, right, to follow up your segue. Mm. Here's another segue. Here's Aaron Boone. Here's Aaron Boone on trying to stay positive about Joey Gallo. Listen to this. You have an all-star caliber player and talent that obviously has, you know, had his struggles since he got to us, right? And it's, it's been a struggle. No one would deny that. Um, but you know, one of the things you try and remind is you try and encourage little adjustments here and <clears throat> kind of trying to, you know, lighten the burden that he, I think he carries, obviously, I think he feels that, um, cause he wants to do well, um, you know, for his teammates, um, is you, you remind him, you know, you're, you're in the physical prime of your career. You're, you've been an all-star player more than once in this league. Like it's in there, you know, you just, you got to just keep trying to find a ways to, to get it out. That was Aaron Boone on Joey Gallo. Gordon, would you have said that? If, if that was an answers with Aaron, <laughs> how would you have handled that? Wouldn't you can like see that? he's trying, he is going through all this vocabulary g- gymnastics, trying to find a way. And, he, and he's not wrong, right? Like Joey Gallo, as bad as we all think Joey Gallo is. No, we know how bad he is. No, he's we been, see. he's been, but he's been terrible here. But there was an expectation when we came here that this was not the kind of player we were going to enjoy watching. Right. right. I think that, I think that's where it starts. Mm-hmm. And he has not ever been that guy here. Even as bad as you think he was when he was in Texas, he was light. When he has come here, he has been a minor league player. Yeah. He has been a minor league player. So uh, I get why the, why the Yankee fans are frustrated now. I, I think that they're taking to extremes when they're saying about you got to get him off the team and, and, and he will be off the team. But mm-hmm. um, it, it is gla- I think he is now – I don't know what happened in his last at bat, but he is now four for his last he fifty. He walked in his last. At-bat. So he's still four still for second. his last fifty, Larry. Four mm-hmm. for his last fifty. <laughs> it's it's hard to believe, and and we've seen like he falls into a lot of different buckets. Like we were talking, I was talking about buckets last night. Mm-hmm. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of guys who have come here and have struggled, and they've they, they felt the pressure of New York and couldn't perform. I don't think that anybody who has come here and you come up whatever list you want to come up with with Sonny Gray all the way back to Ed Whitson, I don't think that there's been a guy who has come here and has underperformed even what his expectation level was more than Joey Gallo. It's been historic. It really ha- it really has been. I mean, and I hate to sound like, you know, as my kids say, an old but uh, I've been watching the team for 40 years. I cannot think of anybody who has been worse than him on a regular basis who I had an expectation 
And again, I I did not like the trade. I did not want Joey no, Gallo. Didn't want him. But even it, by as low as my expectations were, he has it's fallen even below that. that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I said I came up with the line earlier this year. Joey Gallo makes um, makes uh, Gary Sanchez look like Tony Gwynn. He really does. He does. I mean, as bad as as Gary Sanchez was, he would run into one every once in a while. It doesn't mm-hmm. even feel like Gallo hits any. He's got twenty home runs, Larry. Uh, uh, excuse me, he's got twenty RBIs, twenty one ribbies. It's, what is it, July 18th, 14th, 15th, whatever it is? Yeah. He's got 20 ribbies. Oh, it's it's, it's unbelievable how bad he's been. (laughs) It really defies logic. It makes you wonder, how could he be that bad? It takes work to be that bad, Gordon. Yeah. That's not easy. It's, it's, I mean, it's clear it's never going to happen here, uh, and it's just a matter of time. It almost feels like at this point he's just... He's just, you know, he's almost like the guy who's in the, like, the prison cell and he's like marking the days by scratching mm-hmm. on the wall yeah. it, like until he gets out of there. That's almost what it feels like. Uh, it feels like it's just, you know, we're just counting the days until Joey Gallo moves someplace and he yeah. needs to move someplace. And that, and that becomes the question, how and where do you move him? How do you move him? Why would anybody take him, Gordon? Why? Well, I mean, the things that Aaron Boone said there are not wrong. It is in there. Now, do th- there's, I don't know how you get it out. Uh, clearly, the Yankees have no plan on how to get it out. <laughs> Joey Gallo clearly has no, uh, you know, maybe some guys, they're just not going to perform in the bright lights. We've, we yeah. have seen that before, and it certainly seems like he's a guy that's, that's never going to perform in the bright lights. But maybe, it, it, look, the Yankees are not going to be asking for a whole lot in return, and you could okay. get a guy who has the potential to hit 40 home runs and who is still, at least in terms of age, in his prime of his career. And, and in the final year of his contract, again. yeah. So you not, not have like, to get, you won't have to give up much. You, you can, you know, maybe get some guys. Who, you know, the Padres could probably use a bat. You know, maybe yeah. out in San Diego, he might that 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 might be his groove more. Yeah. Is it? And and I know we don't think about it as much because of interleague play. Is it? Is it switching to the American League? Well, he was in the Mar- he was he was the Rangers. So I mean, yeah, I, I know, don't know, but but you know, I it's don't just, know. It's, it's, he's got to go to some other league. He's got to go somewhere else. <laughs> Miners. I don't. Is, I don't available. care if it's American League, National know, maybe League. Maybe he needs to go to the National yeah, League the, because the, he, you, you know, know, I just the American it's, Legion it's, League. I don't care where he's got to go, Larry. He's got he's got to go someplace. Okay, but uh, listen, he he's not going to be here much longer. No, it can't. And be, even right? if he is, he's not going to play much longer. Uh, I, you know, for his sake, even for his sake, he shouldn't be here for much much longer. Yeah. Because it's not helping him. It's not helping him at all, man. He's, he, I mean, there's sawdust in his hands every, every oh time. Oh my there's a god! Bit. And every t- you know, at some point you're like, ah, maybe, maybe he'll run into one here. Maybe he's got he's got to hit a home run sometime, right? I mean, yeah. but no, that's that has not happened. And, and, and as I said, you at this point, if you're a Yankee fan, you don't want him to start hitting because then they might change their mind and think, ah, oh, you know what, we can maybe hold on for him. No, you want him to just keep doing what he's doing. If he keeps doing what he's doing. And he's been doing it this entire time that he's been here. They're going to get rid of him. And at least in that aspect, Joey has held up his end of the bargain. <laughs> he's trying to get out of here. <laughs> he's trying to get out of here. He's like Andy Dufresne breaking down that rock with his rock hammer. <laughs> he's doing the best he can. He's, he's doing the best hard. he can. Yep, he's working hard. Mets up 6 nothing over Chicago as the Cubs bat in the bottom of the seventh. And... It's fun time for Gordon. This extra innings, that means there's a runner at second base for oh, the Cincinnati goody. I Reds. just love I love it. Is there anybody who's like, oh, there's a runner at second? Yes. Yeah. I, an impressive return 
for the Yankees to get back into this game in the eighth inning. That was very impressive. We'll discuss it next on 98.7 ESPN. Matt Carpenter, huh, Gordon? Yeah, he got us. He got us that run back that uh, he gave up in the outfield, chasing that ball, and uh, and another one. But uh, the Yankees still need another run because they still trail seven six as they play bottom ten. Still nobody out. Glaber at the plate, and our man on deck, Joey Gallo. You, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't it be fitting? Oh, wouldn't it be fitting? Gallo, man on. His yeah. Yankee moment against the well, Reds. Well, I would say uh, you can get in on FanDuel on that. You can probably make yourself a, a good couple of bucks if Joey Gallo does something. <laughs> a gazillion dollars? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. So Losing Gordon, out on opportunities right now. Gordon, this is, this is interesting now. The latest trade packages that we've seen. Doesn't include R.J. Barrett. Is that does that is that strange? Well, here's one that Bobby Marks had uh, today. I think it was today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you tell me. I- I'll list them in order of right. what he has, and mm-hmm. you tell me where you're out. Okay. Okay. All right. First piece. Evan Fournier. Bye. Okay. So you're still in on the trade right now. Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. I'm good. <laughs> Cam Reddish. He's not going to play anyway. Bye. Okay. Obi Toppin. He's not going to play anyway. Bye. Okay. <laughs> now it's now the, the degree of difficulty gets a little bit more. Okay. McBride. Deuce McBride. Another guy that's not going to play, Gordon. Right. And, and Another again, guy that's not going to play. You are getting Donovan Mitchell back. I mean, okay. you know. So, so you're still in a, as of right now. I'm still in as of right okay. now. The next piece is the big piece. Okay. Five number ones. Five ones, three of which are the Knicks. The Knicks pick in 2023, 2025, and 2027. Now, I would just say 2027 has a feeling like that's going to come back to bite you. Yeah. But 2023, if I'm getting Donovan Mitchell, I got to feel. Right. It's not going to be a good pick. And you'd think it's going to be worse than this year's pick, right? If you have him along with with, uh, Jalen Brunson. You still have you still have RJ, you still have Julius. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not Derek Rose. You, you still got Derek Rose. I mean, you still got some pieces around the team, so you figure twenty twenty three isn't going to be that bad. And I would like to think that twenty twenty five. I'm not going to tell you they're going to be a playoff team, right, but I don't right. think that they're going to be, you know, uh, really good odds in the lottery. So you're talking about that twenty twenty seven pick, and then the other two picks are the the the, the other ones that they've gotten here that have you know heavy restrictions on them right, right, and they're right. not yours anyway you've traded right. for them and you've figured out a way to get them and compile them but you did that because of wanting to get in this position so i don't know the, the more that it, again it's funny to me that i hear reports about donovan mitchell and people are saying you gotta get him or you can't go get him do people go to like buy a car and they don't even find out what the price of the car is? They, I gotta have this car. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I gotta have this car. No, wait a second. There's no way I am buying this car. Like, what's the price of the car? Like, until you know what the price is, it's kind of hard to know whether or not you you want to go after Donovan. At least for me, like yeah. if that package. If I can get rid of Fortier, Cam Reddish who doesn't play, Obi Toppin who doesn't really play. 
McBride, I like, but you know, again, he's he's it, it's still more. You only potential. see him if you play for. If you, if you go to Westchester, there's only people that have seen him play. <laughs> right. Game. I mean, he's got some promise, but you, you're going to have to give up something to get a three-time All Star. And then you're talking about a bunch of picks, which I, I don't think is. If that's the deal that gets it done, I'm okay with that deal. And see, here's the other thing, and, and the other thing too about the picks, Gordon is they haven't had the number one pick since '85. Right. They don't get a chance to be in that lottery. That lottery hasn't worked out for them at all. At all. With all due respect to R.J. Barrett. But I'm talking about to get the number one overall pick. It's not worked out. It hasn't worked out for him. And I get that there are Nick fans out there that feel like, and I, I think I, I, I associate with them generally, like, I, why can't we ever just do the, the rebuild properly and not mm-hmm. try to jump? Because we're not in the position right now where Donovan Mitchell is going to take us from where we are to a guaranteed top six team. I get that. Right. But you have to understand this regime is never going to be that. Yeah. They're never going – like, when you hire Tom Thibodeau, when that's the first move, and you interviewed Kenny Atkinson, there's never been a bigger discrepancy in terms of direction of the organization mm-hmm. than those two choices. So yeah. when you got Tom Thibodeau, you've lived through these last two years, you know what it's about, it's never going to be the slow rebuild with this group. So if that's the deal that they're talking about, I can live with that deal. Yeah, no question about it. The only, the only problem with that deal, Gordon, is it leaves you really thin in the front court. It does. You know, you, you, who's backing up Randall? I mean, that's that's. I mean, looking at the roster right now, as it was. Um, remember, you moved on from Burks, so mm-hmm. he's not here. Nerlens Noel is not here. If you lose Toppin, Reddish, that's two more forwards are out. You're looking at uh, the. Obviously, Julius Randle's here, and I know he plays 40 minutes anyway. But, he does but, play a lot of minutes. But um, still, you're going to have to fill up your roster with some other guys in the front court because that's what you're going to need because you're really, you know, you're really, um, you're lacking in the front court here if you make that well, move. But Ju- once again, Julius, Julius will have his, uh, his pick because then he'll be able to play his 40 minutes and nobody can say boo, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but I do think, but, you know, that, that's, a de- that's a doable deal. Five five first round picks is a lot. It Gordon, is a lot. It's it a, lot. a lot. It's a lot. Plus, you're giving up. See, if you were telling me hypothetically, I don't care which one of the guys you keep, one of the forwards, let's say, either McBride or Toppin. I don't care which one. If you're telling me, it seems like why am I giving up? Once again, I have no problem giving up for yet. Let's make that clear. None. <laughs> right. It's like, it's like Joey Gallo conversation. <laughs> yeah. right uh, goodbye. Yeah. I'll drive him. I'll drive him. Um, and he's, and he's a great guy, but I'll drive it. But, Gordon, it just seems like I'm giving up all these players and five draft choices. That, that's a lot for, for – and I have – and he is a fabulous player. Donovan Mitchell is a fabulous player, Gordon. But I'm giving up four players and five draft choices for him? It, it is wow. a lot. Now the, that's now, a lot. I would not say that any of the – but we went through the pieces. Yeah. There's yeah. not any of those pieces that you're like, nope. oh wow, this is this is a high end piece. So if you're not giving nope. up a high end piece, you got to give up a lot of depth. Yes, and and that's what you're doing. Again, Cam Reddish is a guy who who doesn't play here. Toppin play. plays more, but not really, not much. Um, <laughs> and then you talk about McBride, who's who's in the backcourt and Fournier, who you know we're all kind of okay with. Yeah, uh, moving him. Yeah, absolutely. And it tells you how much they like Grimes. 
Yeah. It tells you how much they like Grimes. They like him as a shooter. They like him as a defender. You know? And listen, I also understand the other side of it, Gordon, is that's why you have draft picks. That's why you have young players. So you can put them in a deal to help you get a better player. Because wherever we agree, the level we agree, and I know it's going to be unfair because they play different positions, right? But are we guaranteed that I'm going to leave Fournier out of it. Just talk about the younger players. Is there a guarantee that either McBride or Reddish or Obi Toppin is going to be as good as Donovan, no, Donovan Mitchell? No. I mean, no that, would be, that would be very surprising. And plus, keep in mind here, you still keep quickly. Yes. So that's, a, that's an important piece to keep there as mm-hmm. well. There's no R.J. Barrett, which we all said we can't give up R.J. Barrett in the deal mm-hmm. if we're, you know, it's kind of more of a lateral move. Right. Uh, you do keep Grimes, you know. I mean, that's a, that's another piece of depth there. We like mm-hmm. what we've seen from Jericho Sims, so maybe yeah. he could get some minutes spelling. Yeah. Um, put him at the four. Yeah. He's an undersized five, but he could play yeah. the four a little bit. Yeah, maybe. So, you know. it does. I, I will say, even more so than I said last night, it feels like to me that this will happen, and I just saw that Donovan Mitchell this weekend is scheduled to throw out the first pitch at the Brooklyn Cyclones game. Of course he is. And I believe that they also have a Donovan Mitchell bobblehead to give away. Of course away. they do. So, I mean, that's that that's that's capitalizing on the moment in marketing, man. That was I, You can't just whip up some Donovan Mitchell bobbleheads, so they must have been planning this for a while, and, and man, that's that's some good dad, timing right there. That's dead. That's dead. Dad yeah. dad, dad made some yeah. phone calls. Yeah, I guess dad so, right? Dad made some phone calls. That's a good job out of Dad. 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to the phones. Um, help me out with this, JP. Is it Shuby? Subi's in Midtown West. Hey, Subi, you're up first on ESPN in New York tonight. Hey, guys. Yeah, Subi. Regarding the Knicks and, uh, you know, next season, will there be a point? Because, you know, Tom Thibodeau's regime has been around two or three years now where there's a point where they do absolutely hit rock bottom, even with Jalen Brunson. You know, the big man like Julius Randle, I, I have a feeling that other teams haven't figured out. Like, they know how to defend against him, and then they just lock him down. Is there a point if they hit rock bottom where, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world, they can hit rock bottom and they get like a transcendent top draft pick? I mean, Jalen Brunson would be a great piece to build for the following season. And there are like transcendent big men coming up and about like Chet Holmgren. And this next draft is going to have those. And what I feel weird about is, you know, there was big men in this draft too, whether the guy named Nikola Jokic or whatever his name was. And even the guy they drafted, he's putting up good numbers in the summer league. You think that the Knicks fan base could put up two years of just absolute terrible, you know, rock bottom basketball? And why? why? Or... We've done it for twenty. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, with the problem with the Knicks, it's not about their fans. Their fans put up with just about oh. anything. They're still there uh, after two decades of uh, of moves that, when they were made at the time, everyone knew that these were the were bad moves, were the mistake moves, and Nick fans have stuck it stuck it out. So the Nick fan and their patience or their attitude—that is not the problem. It's been the okay, people that have been take, running the show. Would you take Carmelo era like fandom versus you know rock bottom or some 
waiting it out for like the thunder, like how they do but, it. But that's, here's, that's here's the concern I have. And when you talk, and thanks for the phone call. Here's the concern I have is that we've been waiting for that transcendent player. But when you don't, when you finish in the lottery and you don't get the number one pick at all, ever since 85, ever, it's hard for you to get that transcendent player, Gordon, because by the time you're drafting six, what did they go, 11th this year? Yeah. Well, there's no well, transcendent player at 11. No. Not, well, they, they, sometimes there are, but the Knicks have not been able to find any of them, right? Like, they, they, yep. they're, they're just guys that get drafted every once in a while uh, in the middle rounds that turn out to be really good players, but the Knicks have not been able. And, and this regime has done a little bit better job in the draft where yes. guys seem like that they are useful pieces. I don't know if they're necessarily starting pieces or star pieces, but they've done a better job there. It's it's mind-boggling to me that the direction of the Knicks is not to have that two-year period where they say, you know what, let's tear it down. Because the time that they had that year, they got R.J. Barrett. Yeah. They got the third pick in the draft. Now, they were supposed to get the first pick in the draft. They didn't. They got the third pick in the draft. But it's still, that's the, I think we're all in agreement of of the things that the Knicks have right now. That's the best thing. And if you did that for a couple of years and used your roster to take on assets like the like the Thunder do, you wouldn't have to do it for as long as the Thunder do. But mm-hmm. that's not the direction they've chose to go. They've not, they did not go that 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 route. And now you're already on this road. So to think, hey, we should be on this other road, they're not going on that other road. No. So and, if you're no. talking about chasing the superstar and what you're going to have to give up to get one. This one, to me, if it's anywhere relatively close to what we talked about. Now, I'm sure maybe some of the pieces might be different. Maybe they want Grimes instead of McBride. Maybe they want something different Mm -hmm. where you have to kind of shuffle the pieces. But I think the draft picks are largely going to be four or five picks where most of them are going to be the Knicks picks. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, this does not seem as outlandish as some of the other ones, or uh, it does not seem to be the instant mistake that some of the other ones were like when they traded for Mello, it was clear they should have waited until he became a free agent and right. then made the move, but they didn't do that. And it was a mistake. Yeah. I d- yeah, this one does not seem felt, as glaring. Yeah. They felt at the time, Gordon, that he was going to go to Brooklyn. Right. They didn't want to, so they, they didn't want to wait. Want, right. They didn't, they want, didn't him, want him they, to go to Brooklyn. They didn't trust him. Right. No, I, I hear that. <laughs> so that was their, so that was their thought process. And you're right. Had they waited, you know, it would have been a little different thing. Although I will tell you that team, that, we look at that team, Gordon, but that team was based on the fact that Amari Stoudemire had an MVP first half. Yep. That's what that carried that team. Sustainable. Yep. He was an MVP first half. And after he got hurt and Raymond Felton went to McDonald's, it was not the same team. <laughs> it was not the same team. <laughs> Step back to the phones, Gordon. Jason's in Mineola. What's up, Jason? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Jason. What's going on, pal? How's it going? Uh, I got a quick question. I read this online somewhere. Um, Someone was saying trading AD and Westbrook for Kyrie and Durant. Just want to know your thoughts on that. Thank you. I guess what uh, L.A. would have to do is borrow money, Gordon, because that would explode their salary (laughs) situation over there. I don't see KD playing with LeBron. I don't see it. I I don't see that. That's, That's not happening. It's not happening. I, I don't know where he's going, but it would be kind of hard for me to envision that. No, but, but you know, with that. KD, who knows? I mean, you know, he, he joined the '73 win Warriors. I mean, so yeah. would it really surprise you that much? Uh, I don't think he want to play with LeBron. It's just me. 
I don't think he wants to play with LeBron. And now that Phoenix has matched on Aiden, he could be going to Phoenix, which is one of his places that he wants to go. Yeah, it, it remains to be seen. It doesn't the really feel like anything's action. brewing on that yet. Uh, no, you got a long time before that. Mm-hmm. Long time. Stu is in the Big Apple. What's up, Stu? And listen, I I know Donovan Mitchell's a New York product, but he's too small. Him and Brunson, they ain't gonna cut it in the East. That, as Shaq will say, that's barbecue chicken in the paint. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's a good idea. I think that we should keep the crowd that we have. You know, the the crowd stays behind them. The team that we have, the crowd stays behind them, and I think that that'll be a good thing. I think we should build from there. We keep trying to. You know, tr- try to trade guys to, to build a team, and then it loses. Everybody, that Thibodeau is all about defense. So Donovan Mitchell couldn't get it done with Rudy Gobert. We don't have no rim, rim protector there. I don't think it's a good look. What's your thought, um, Stu? Miles McBride is six one, um, which is the same height as Mitchell. Um, so from the guard spot, you know, it's it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I hear what you're saying. I hear what people are saying. You're not the first one to say it, that it's going to be a defensive situation. But if it happens, Gordon, if it happens, then Tom Thibodeau's going to have to come up with a, with a scheme to help his guys out. And that means that Mitchell Robinson, who they just paid a lot of money to, okay, is going to have to stay on the, on the court and be the shot blocker that he has been if they decide to make this deal. They understand that it's a small backcourt. You get it. And, yeah, there's going to be issues where they're going to be backed down, and, and, and clearly it's going to be a height in some cases. But then they're going to have to use their skills, Gordon, to, to beat teams down the court and play a little up-tempo and do some different things. So, yeah, I hear what you're saying about the height. It is a concern. You would rather have a six four six five person there. But, Gordon, if you get this guy, you have to come up with a defensive scheme that's going to help your team. Donovan Mitchell is so much better than anybody the Knicks have. Yeah. So much better. I I get it. He's not flawless. He's not not all NBA, but he's pretty good. Yeah, he's not bad. And and again, it comes down to the price tag. And to me, the price tag of the players is not really that. If you're telling me that R.J. Barrett is not in the deal, Mm-hmm. The price tag of the players is not the concern. The price tag really that, that I think is the concern is giving up all those picks, especially your picks. Yeah. Because it feels like if you give up multiple picks and they're unprotected, eventually one of them is going to come back to buy. Maybe it's 2027. Maybe the Knicks bottom out. Mm-hmm. But if you're telling me you are where you're at right now, like what's the path to go from six games out of the play-in to get closer at least to the play-in, if not the playoffs themselves. You just think that the development of the guys you already have is going to be enough to do that? When they don't play. Not, uh, not enough. <laughs> when like, they don't play. Yeah. They, they just don't. It doesn't yeah. really seem like there's a path to these guys, especially no. in the backcourt playing. If, if, if Rose is still here, you've added Brunson. You know, maybe some, some minutes shake loose because – Rose does get hurt a lot, but, mm-hmm. you know, this idea that the Knicks, oh, I, I want to stick with the guys that we have. We can't afford to give up the crew we got. The crew that you got was six games out of the play-in last year. The play-in. Yeah. Yep. Not what you want. Not what you want. <laughs> Danny's in Yonkers. What's up, Dan? Danny. Danny? 
Hi, Danny Luckless. Michael's Hello. and Elizabeth. Hey, oh, hey Danny. 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 Oh, Danny. Oh, he, Come on, he, Danny. He's like, he's like the Hulkster when he used to drop the hand, and then all of a sudden the hand came up. Danny's there. <laughs> Danny, what's going on uh, there? It's like the Undertaker. Much, yeah, the Undertaker. I just want to kind of chime in, man. I feel like I would do the trade. I just wouldn't give up Barrett, but I'm kind of nervous because it just seems like Danny, he just fleeces people, man. And if he's running the show, like I feel like no matter how good a team's right now, like he's smarter than the average person and he knows something we don't and it makes me a little nervous about it. All right, Danny, I hear what you're saying, but yeah. the, the trade that we just gave up, gave out, doesn't include RJ, so you're good. Yeah, that's true. You know, you're good without because we kind of agree. Even though I'm not saying that RJ is, you know, is is not a is not untouchable by any stage, but you know, you like he's one of your own guys. Uh, you'd like to, you know, make sure that people understand that you'd like to keep your folks. Okay, because it is nice for the Knicks to keep one of their draft choices, Gordon. That's true. Very I, I, rarely. You guys think that RJ could possibly, you know, end up being better than Mitchell? I mean, he, he came into the league younger, and he seems to – every year he improves by, I think, like almost three points a game. Eventually he's going to pass Mitchell's 24 points a game. You know what I mean? I, if Danny, for me, and I let Gordon weigh in, thanks for the phone call, if we can get RJ to consistently do be ambidextrous and finish strong around the basket, Gordon, I think he that will that's the next step for him. Okay, that's the next step. Is he ever going to be Donovan Mitchell? I, I, that's hard to say. His shooting percentage certainly has to improve. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean Mitchell's a three-time All-Star in the West. I mean that's that's not anything you know. Uh, I know he's not all NBA, but still, he—I mean—the the West is pretty, pretty loaded with guards, and and at least he's he's made the All Star game three times in a row. So, uh, and I think that the goal, at least for you and I, Larry, is that we want him to play alongside R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. Yeah, want to be the. You know, if, the, if this were if you were talking about R.J. Barrett for Donovan Mitchell, we're both out, right? right like right. It, that's too much of a lateral move. It doesn't really improve you all that much. The point is. You got to give up something, though, and I think it's mostly the future assets that you would be willing to give up. Some mm-hmm. players along the way, but not R.J. Barrett. I, I don't know. It doesn't seem that crazy to me. It doesn't. Michael's in Elizabeth. Hey, Mike, you're next on ninety-eight seven. Hey, what's up? What's up, guys? Uh, my my thing on the Mitchell combo here with the Knicks is, uh, you know, necessarily not giving up all the farm, and I know they have a lot of. Uh, picks. Uh, you look at Mitchell, right? He's 25, so he's still relatively young, right? Uh, explosive behind the three-point line, so there's a lot of attractiveness to it. Uh, I'm, I'm hesitant if I would put RJ in the deal. I agree with you guys. It'd be a good combo if the two of them were in there. Uh, it's good to have a playmaker, and if I'm going to sell Mitchell on a defensive team, can, can we do hands in the face? I'm going back to Van Gundy, Riley, mm-hmm. Nick's, you know, base in your face. I mean, that's mm-hmm. an easy scheme. Just put a hand in a guy's face, you know. Um, we we could sell that. And Tim's is, I, I think Tim's could sell, sell him on the on the D. And, I mean, defense is a hard sell in the NBA. If you've ever played pickup games in the local playgrounds, I do sometimes, you know, yeah, D can be not glamorous, but I think D can galvanize things and people could get behind that. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to put my chips in, guys, and say, yeah, well, let's do it with the Mitchell thing. All right, Mike. Thanks for weighing in. And, Gordon, any coach, look, there are great scorers in the NBA. You're not going to stop a lot of people. <laughs> I'm just telling you. 
all, if you can play solid defense, Gordon, for stretches of a game, especially late in games in the fourth quarter, if you can find stretch, if you can play defense to keep from you having going on big teams going on big runs on you, 15 0, 12 12 2, something of that nature, I think you'll be okay. If you're going to get into a scenario, because look at the Nick defense last year. They didn't. They didn't play defense last year, and they were outscored, and they couldn't score. <laughs> right, right. That's right. a bad situation. This, this is at least helping one of those situations. Yeah. yeah. At least you. I mean, if you have to play, if you have to play score, you know, back and forth scoring, then that's what you have to do. But but you'll be able to. I have confidence that Tibbs will be able to find a way to lock down guys. And listen, if it means that on. In, Certain lineups are going to be in there where okay the backcourt is the way it is, but you've got a defensive three three D guy at a wing, and you've got Mitchell Robinson in games late. Then that's what you have to have. That's what you got to have. Yeah, one eight hundred. Go ahead, Gordon. I, I'm confident that Tibbs has a better chance of scheming up something defensively to kind of cover up the warts of of maybe Donovan Mitchell's game than than he has of of scheming up something to improve the offense without a player like Donovan Mitchell. No, we've we've seen that picture. Yeah, that's a, that that has not worked. I don't need the sequel. I don't. This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on ninety eight point seven ESPN. Back to the phones. D is in Jersey City. What's up, D? I don't want I don't want this call to sound like I'm calling from like a metal view, but I think that if the Knicks can get Mitchell with Brunson, Durant should take his diaper off and go to the Knicks, and the Knicks should trade Barrett, Randall, Reddish, and Toplin to the try to work that deal with the Nets. And both teams probably would benefit from that deal. It's just a matter of Durant taking that diaper off and coming playing for the Knicks because only a historical team is going to save Durant at this point. All this floating around ain't going to help him. The Knicks will help his, help him if he won a legacy. Um, Mr. Hardesty, you're worth more than what you're being paid, and I love your show. Well, thank you for that, D. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for the phone call. By the way, Gordon needs some more money, too. <laughs> I'm, um, not apparently, I, I'm, paying, I'm being paid just fine, apparently, according to <laughs> Well, <laughs> Maybe being paid too much. You know, We didn't really get a, any clarification on that. I got your back, partner. I, I got your back. That. I appreciate um, that. But here's the thing, the Kevin Durant doesn't want to play with the Knicks. If he did, he would have came here first. He doesn't want to play for the Knicks. He doesn't want to. So, uh, and plus, I don't. There's no way. That's number one. Number two, there's no way Brooklyn is trading Durant in the same city. They're not oh doing my that. God! That, I mean, that would be that would be a, that. That, that would be a disaster. They are not doing that. I mean, they're, they're going to the look same conference. No, they they're already going to look bad when they trade him but they can't trade him to the Knicks. No, I, I would no. agree with him. I do think that if Durant ever did go to the Knicks in some way and win mm-hmm. a championship there, that yes. would that would no stamp question. his legacy far more than anything else he's ever done. Absolutely. But he don't want that. He doesn't as the kids say Larry, he doesn't want that smoke. No. No. He doesn't. <laughs> Neither do the Nets. <laughs> no. I mean, and and the problem he had, he said, you know, trade uh, Toppin and and Reddish. No, you already had to trade those guys to get Mitchell. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so you don't you don't have nothing left. You can't you, you don't get to trade those guys a second time. Yeah, you you don't you have nothing left. You got nothing left. Robbie's in Massachusetts. Hey, Robbie. 
Hey, Gordon, Larry, how are you? It's been a while. Bobby, Last time I talked yeah. to you guys was a Ranger series. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while. I've been doing my radio program up here during the week, so uh, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been fun. And uh, so we're trying to sell our program, my buddy and I. But anyway, listen, a couple of things. You know, I grew up loving Mount Vernon basketball from the McCray brothers, when I, you know, even before that to, uh, to Gus and Ray. And I played ball with Ray, who was a terrific guy. May he rest in peace. But uh, love to see Jonathan Mitchell come to the Knicks. And uh, whatever I have to give up for him, it's still, I'd like to see them keep R.J., obviously, because I think R.J.'s improved this game. And I just love him as a person, as, as a kid that plays hard and wants to improve. But uh, I wanted to ask you guys about the Yankee game tonight. Gordon, you know, it's tough to criticize a team that's 62-27. and 27, But, I, you know, it, it's like now it's like coast time. Like, you have to be consistent. And Matt Carpenter's been wonderful for the Yankees. But I want my question is, what the hell is he doing in right field tonight? Why isn't Stanton playing out there? Is Boone that stupid? I mean, honestly, is he that foolish that Stanton shouldn't be playing right field? I mean, you know, no offense to Matt Carpenter, who play, who's played outfield, I think, the last time when he played outfield, I think he was a kid. I mean, honestly, you know, that's, that's my one criticism. The other thing, too, is that um, this Yankee team, you know, Gordon, I just feel they need a legitimate leadoff hitter. DJ LeMayu has been terrible to me. He hits 260. He hasn't lived up to his contract. And, you know, I, I hate to criticize him because it's been a wonderful season, and I hate to criticize this team, but they don't string hits together. That's just something that really bothers me. It's all about home runs all the time. And when you play in the playoffs and you play against the good teams, you can't always hit the long ball. So I just want to get your thoughts on that. And then uh, other than that, love to see Donovan Mitchell come. What do you guys, what do you guys think? Imagine if, the, imagine if the Yankees yeah. were not leading the, uh, all yeah. of baseball and runs scored. Yeah, it's I hard mean, to I mean, criticize <laughs> it, you know. It, 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 yeah, really, you just can't. You can't really criticize it. It's like, you know, the, I give the Reds a lot of credit. They hung in there. You know, the Reds aren't as bad as people think. And Castillo was wonderful tonight. He really was. That kid can pitch. And you see his enthusiasm. Boy, how'd you like to see Castillo and the Yankees? I still think the He's Yankees need a number two starter. Yep. He was we'll, auditioning we'll tonight, Gordon. Robbie, yeah, well, look, I, I, I hope he is. I hope the Yankees are, are, are making that call. I mean, he would be – I don't know what other guys are available, but he would be on the very short list of guys that you would like to add to a team because with Severino's injury, uh, I, look, I think the Yankees will will make some, some changes here. I realize they've lost four or five now. Uh, I, I'm not going to start panicking just yet. Uh, I, I think the offense is largely fine now. I do think that they'll add a piece to the outfield – and, and right now, what the Yankees have done is build up a big enough lead where they can try Matt Carpenter out in the outfield and see if he can give you something because it's clear that Joey Gallo's time is coming to a close here. So mm-hmm. with, with Aaron Hicks out, uh, you have to manage the, the, um, the expectations in terms of injuries when it comes to Stanton and, and Judge. And I don't know how many games Stanton has played in the outfield so far this year, but I'll tell you right now, if he goes out there, and if we were ever to get hurt and miss a couple of weeks or miss a month, people will be screaming, how could the Yankees be playing him out in the outfield this much? I get it. Uh, it's, it's nothing but criticism, apparently, when it comes to the Yankees. But I, I don't know. They're still in a pretty good spot, Larry. You got to win every game, Gordon. You got to win every – I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I'm sure the 98 Yankees lost four or five. I'm sure the 98 Yankees lost a game or two to a really bad team. I don't remember specifically. I know they started one and three. Well, I know listen, that. You know how they I'm, finished, I'm pretty too. sure. I'm pretty sure they started one and uh, – I think they started 0-3 oh and, and one and four or something like that. One and four, like was it? Yeah, something I think like it was that. one and four. I yeah. think they lost the first three games, and then they won a game, I want to say either against Anaheim or Oakland, and then they got to one and four. And then, you know, things turned around from there. And remember how they finished. Joe Torrey held a closed-door meeting because they were struggling in the end. 
Yeah. You know? Well, look, this is what happens. happens in the course of a baseball season, you know, to think that <laughs> – that they're going to start to reevaluate the, 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 the top of the order based on a couple of games. And again, I mean, Robbie brings it up. Um, you know, Richard Manhattan brings it up. People bring it up. In the postseason, actually, the teams that score do hit home runs. You have to figure out a way to hit home runs. Now, it's great if you can score runs in, in a variety of ways, mm-hmm. but home runs have to be part of it because when you go – just think about it. If you go up against the best pitchers, how are you going to score a run? Do you think it's going to be by stringing three and four hits together against a really good pitcher? Or is it because you get one pitch that's a mistake pitch and you hammer it and you hit a three-run home run? History over uh, the last five, ten years shows you that the teams that hit home runs in October win. Yeah, it's the latter. It's no question. It's, it's those. Th- now, like you said, to be able to be versatile. Oh, of course. It's the best. Right. It's the best. But part of that versatility has got to be home runs. Yeah, it's amazing, though. Uh, the the struggles of, like, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, mm-hmm. don't, those don't get as much attention as the struggles of the home run hitters. And, right. and the Yankees have kind of diversified their approach. They're not home run. Outside of Stanton, who in the Yankee order would you say is home run or bust? Like, Gary Sanchez was home run or bust. I get yeah. you. Yeah. Stanton is pretty much, you know, I mean, I think he's a good hitter all around, but I can mm-hmm. understand he's primarily a power bat. Judge is just a great all-around hitter. Yeah. Uh, LeMahieu's not a home runner bus guy. No. Nope. Uh, uh, Glaber is not a home runner nope. bus guy. I mean, he's, he's hitting with more power, but it's not just all home runs. Rizzo, I guess you could say, is kind of, but I mean, has I just been. think, but he's not He's not a high strikeout guy. No, he's he not isn't. striking out 200 times a year. Gallows Donaldson? A, yeah, Donaldson, maybe, I guess, to a certain degree. But for this team, he's been home run or bust. Yeah, yeah. He hit I mean, like it's not, I it's not been his reputation overall, but yeah, no. maybe a little bit here. Yeah, he struggled a little bit. 1 800 919 3776. James is in Brooklyn. What's up, James? What's up, guys? Hey, Larry. What's hey. up? Hey, James. I just wanted to make a comment about this uh, potential Donovan Mitchell trade. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely would love to have him, but. I would never, never give up Obi Toppin. You know, I think when you when you come into the league, when you when you come into the pros, you kind of want to try to pattern your game after somebody. Just imagine, and I know Obi Toppin's grandfather. Okay, so I'm going to tell his grandfather to tell him this: Look at some film on Amari Stoudemire. Look at some film on Grant Hill. And Scottie Pippen, and try to be like one of those players. He's got all the talent, you know. Uh, and 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 I think we're gonna regret trading, getting rid of Obi Toppin. I would give up quickly before Obi Toppin, and give them the five picks plus a second round. But I would never give up Obi Toppin. Now, mark my word, is July fourteenth, twenty twenty two. They trade Obi Toppin. He's gonna. He's, we're gonna regret it. Well, I'll say we're this for you, James. We're gonna regret it. I'll say this for you, and thanks for the phone call. Since you are that close to Obi Toppin, and you you adore him that much, then James, you should want him to be traded because he's not gonna get the playing time here that he deserves. As long as Julius Randle is here, Gordon, we're gonna have conversation after conversation after conversation all season long about look at the box score. You mean you can only get 10 minutes for Obi Toppin? Look at the box score. You can only get eight minutes for Obi Toppin because Julius Randle is going to command most of the minutes. So if you really, really adore him, 
You should want him to go somewhere else, Gordon, where he's going to get playing time and can reach the potential that a lot of people think he has. Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen here. No, I don't see And I, I like the guys. They, you know, Scott, just be like Scottie Pippen. Why can't you be more like Scottie Pippen? You know, Grant Hill. Just be like Grant Hill. Great names. Yeah, great names. Yeah, it's nice. It's it's, it's nice to pattern your game after them. Yeah. The question is, can can you can you be that effective and efficient as they were? And that's the difference. Talent, in some cases, Gordon, you could be more talented, but can you be that efficient? Can you be that 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 when the bright lights shine, great? Can you be that person that makes that big play? Can you make that big defensive play? Can you make that big basket? A lot of people can't make the big baskets even in the big moments, Gordon. They, they just can't. They can't. Yeah, I mean, and Obi, uh, look, we, we all kind of in agreement about we feel like he should get more playing time. He's still got a lot of flaws in his game. I mean, it's not like he's a finished product by any – it's yeah, not like got work to all do. he needs is more playing time and you'll see the production. He, he, he needs some work. He needs the, that, that jumper's got to be more efficient. The three-pointer's got to be more efficient. The mid-range. Listen, if he had a nice mid-range jumper, Gordon, he, that would help his game a lot. We know he can, we know he's great in transition. We know he can attack the basket. He's athletic. He can rebound. We've seen that. The three-pointer came near the end of the season as he got into a rhythm and got more playing time. The mid-range needs to be. And listen, for Tibbs, he's got to show up his defense a little bit more, too. That's the other thing. You know, You know him. You know Thibodeau. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're not playing with no D. I'm sure Obi knows it by now, too. Steve's in Queens. What's up, Steve? Yo, what's going on, fellas? Hey, Steve. Listen, uh, I want to talk about this Donovan Mitchell. The man does not play defense, and we don't need no defensive ball player on the team. Great, he got good offense, but he's, he's not there. Let me tell you something. We got too many point guards now anyway. We don't need no more point guards. And I want to make this point clear. If Brooklyn is smart, they'll trade Durant for Poole and Wiggins. Well, they got Durant more than that. for Poole. <laughs> if they do that, Steve, that. oh, my God. That would be yeah. – Sean Marks, a whole lot more Sean Marks is going to be looking for another job. Right, Thanks for yeah. the phone call. Because, first of all, the money's got to match. And Poole and Wiggins don't make that much. <laughs> don't make that much. You got to come to within, what, I think 15% or something like that. You got to be close to the salary. So – they're going to need some more people, and they're going to need some draft choices. And you know what? Do You need a third team because Golden State's draft choices are not going to be worth much for the next couple of years. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's I not going to be worth much. We're talking about the Knicks draft picks aren't as valuable because they'll have Mitchell if they make this trade. So you'd expect them to be more in the middle of the round, if not even later in the round. The, the Golden State picks, they're basically second-round picks because they're it. coming at the end of the round. No question about it. No doubt about it. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.